Welcome to episode 17 of 1530. Today we're going to be talking about the French Open. We had two semifinal matches, Team Djokovic and Feder Nadal. We're going to discuss those statistics and the things that stood out to us from that. And of course, we've got to cover the final with Rafael Nadal and Dominic Team again. The king of clay, Rafael Nadal, and what I'm dubbing the prince of clay, Dominic Team. He's been very consistent the last few years on that surface. Welcome to 1530. Now introducing your hosts, Ben and Matt. We have some really interesting numbers we want to dive into. However, the first number we want to jump to is the stat of the day. Matt, why don't you leave us off with the stat of the day? The stat of the day is 12. Not really a stat. Uh, it's a stat in this case. <laughs> 12 French Open titles <laughs> from a Rafa fan. That's right. That's incredible. It speaks for itself. I don't think I need to explain that anymore. No. I don't think anybody's ever going to beat that number. I don't. I can't see. I mean, obviously, I guess we don't know future tennis players. But 12 titles at one major, that's going to be near impossible to overcome. Yeah, especially when you consider the next closest person as far as a Grand Slam goes for titles is Feder with eight Wimbledons, which is considered a lot, right? He broke... Uh, two years ago, the three-way tie between him, William Renshaw, and Pete Sampras for seven. Now he has eight. That's impressive. But then you're like, oh, actually, there's 12 French Opens here. So it's just <laughs> yeah, amazing. That's crazy. And so Nadal loses in two majors of Roger Federer's 18 for versus Ro uh, Roger's 20. Getting super close, especially when if you consider the French is pretty much always his every year. So that's that's making this race even more interesting. But we have another show of the day as well. Uh, a little bit more statistical. We want to talk about the semifinal, and we'll go more into detail here. But Djokovic and team, it was a really tight match. Team only won seven points total, more than Djokovic. And the net points were pretty significant. Novak came in 71 times, which I thought was interesting, to the net versus only 20 times for Dominic team. So Novak pretty much lived and died at the net, and in this match he definitely died at the net. His percentage was a paltry 49% at net. And Dominic team. Again, he only came in 20 times, but he won 18 of those points for 90%. So it's a huge differential, especially, like I said, when the match is already a toss-up. Very close match. Interestingly enough, even more, I, I thought Federer was going to go to the net more times than he did against Rafa. He only went to the net 35 times. He only won 48% of his net points, so similarly bad um, along with Djokovic. But he came in almost half as many times, which I thought was interesting. And part of that could be due to the windy conditions. We'll get more to that. So let's, let, I guess let's cover that semifinal, Matt. Let's talk about Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. What are your thoughts on that match? Yeah, no, it's the match that we've all been waiting to see, and we've gotten so close so many times. <laughs> it finally happened. And I think uh, we can take that second stat of the day and kind of lead into this. I, I think it's interesting, and I don't know, maybe this is completely off base, but obviously there were super windy conditions there, which changes up anybody's plans. And uh, I, I think you're seeing from this, because I don't consider Joke or Team to be that traditional attack-the-net type of player. And yet, you said, yeah, they, they went in so many times in their matches. And Team, I think against Nadal, went in a bunch as well. Um, and I think it was just kind of these players' different ways of trying to incorporate the factor of the wind into their plan, right? Fed, I think, was... was um, 
more hesitant to approach because of the wind. And I think maybe Joke and team were kind of trying to end points as soon as they can or um, try to switch it up, switch up the way that they, they won their points by attacking the net more in order to kind of deal with that win more instead of letting the ball travel further, just kind of getting, getting over. And I don't know, maybe that's wrong, but um, totally a possibility. Anyway, I think the win played a, a huge factor in that match against uh, between Fed and, and Rafa. It, uh, obviously, Nadal, with the, the amount of topspin that he plays with and the way that he hits his ball, he can deal with that wind factor a lot better than, than Fed. Fed is a purist, <laughs> and he has a much, much smaller margin of error. And so and I, I think that showed right in this match that Fed couldn't really get into the match, couldn't really get into his, the way that he usually plays tennis because there was such a factor of the environment there that changed things up a lot. So not ideal for him, but right. it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not that not that he's ever beaten Rafa at the French Open before, but he's had a couple <laughs> of headers before and a little bit of a tight. I was, I was honestly expecting, a, like you said, a more attack-oriented Fed, especially since he had a lot of confidence. He's beaten Nadal five times in a row. Mm. In this match now again it's different he's on clay and different with the conditions but i still expected him to come out a little bit stronger there but i don't i don't know if the, again the conditions just didn't warrant that and again he didn't really play that bad of at least a first set and really a second set third set he got beaten extremely handedly but just a few points here and there i think one of them he was even up 40 love and nadal came back to break him so we've seen joker yeah. do that to fetter before too so i and i don't know if again if it's tactically or just he couldn't feel like he could play that attacking tennis, but just to show you, he only won 61% of first serve points won. You know, that's an okay number. For Fed, that's a pretty bad number, especially when he's very tactical at that first serve. Second serve point differential, we always talk about that, 39 versus 56 for Nadal. So definitely beat Federer in that department there. That's probably the key to the match. But both guys are bad at the net. Even Nadal, he's considered – he doesn't go to net as much, but when he does, he is very effective at the net. He was like 80% in the final, semifinal only 45%, bet only 48%. So, yeah, it's kind of a weird match, and Nadal was able to deal with the conditions better, and I think he took advantage of his opportunities. He had more breakpoint opportunities. His conversion rate was lower. Uh, Nadal only had 37% versus 50% for Fed, but he just had more opportunities. I think that's what the bottom line is. So, yeah, hopefully Federer, I mean, on a faster surface, get a little bit more first points won. Maybe he gets more of those net points less passes he could do better but yeah well and i think it's interesting to look at real fast as well the amount of unforced errors nadal had 19 and federer had 34 that's yes. that's a lot of errors especially for um for one of the big three like fed uh, and then compared to 35 or 33 excuse me winners from nadal and to 25 for fed and so that that differential there is definitely in favor of rafa he's hitting a cleaner ball yep and it's only three sure. sets too so that is yeah, it's over over ten errors per set on average, right? For Fed, so that is a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're not used to seeing him do that bad. So let's let's talk about the little the more interesting semifinal for sure. The five setter, Team Djokovic. Djokovic, he could see he was getting a little bit frustrated. It was really hard for him to shake team. And if you look at the numbers here, we kind of have them charted out where who who does better in it for each stat. It's pretty pretty split, honestly. So team will just go through them a little bit. We, we already mentioned net points, right? 90% to 49. So team was definitely better in that department. The Both of their ratio, you mentioned the winner to unforced, both of them had negative. 
course, the better the player who won the match had a little bit better one. Negative eight versus negative fourteen for Joke. So not good at all. They each had a, quite a few errors. Um, yeah. And then break points. Joke was better, fifty-eight uh, percent versus forty percent for Team as far as conversion rate. But Team, we always talk about his second serve points won, fifty-eight percent. Joke was only forty-seven. Really, honestly, the key to the match, in my opinion, because their first serve points were pretty close. 65 for team, 62 for joke. So they were about winning their their first serve points at the clip you would expect. But their second serve, team was just a little bit better in those rallies. Again, he just had that extra passing shot. And really, his passing shot was is exceptional. Kind of similar to watching Indian Wells team versus uh, better. Hmm. Able to get those passes and uh, pretty amazing. Some long rallies, too. So it's kind of kind of a fun match to watch. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting. I mean, it's got to be tough to have as many, uh, what do you call it, rain delays as as this match had. And it was played over like 24 hours because of it all. They delayed it to the next day. And that's just no fun. It's hard to stay in the, in the mental state that you need to be in, the mental focus rather to, to be able to play a successful match from beginning to end. But yeah, I mean, it's it was a grueling match, and team pulled it out. I think a lot of good tennis played. A lot of errors caused by the wind, but um, obviously, team pulled it out. I think you're right. I mean, team is definitely the prince. Still hasn't overtaken Fed, or Rafa, obviously, but um, I think yeah. he's right there on the cusp of it. And I don't think the final I'm from. Oh, I was just gonna say, I don't think the final from uh, from this past tournament is um, explanatory of the skill that team shows uh, on clay. I think he's got a lot a lot of potential there, and I think it's going to show. I agree, and it's not just one year like Stan where he makes a huge run through the French Open. Every year, mm-hmm. this is the second year in a row he's in the final. He's been in the semifinals, I think, like the last four years. He's, he's very consistent. He's beaten Djokovic twice on the surface. Well, he beats Rafa like every year now in one of the lead-up tournaments. Exactly. It's like, uh, if he can yeah. translate, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so we'll see if because Federer only has two wins on clay against the Nadal, course, never at the French team already has as many wins, maybe even an extra one. He might even have three. So we'll see. You know, if it's going to be like Federer, where he just he can beat him clay elsewhere, but he can't beat him at the French. Or I personally think he'll eventually break through. It's just, it's just hard. And all not going to give us that throne without a fight for sure. So. Yeah, I'm impressed with team. And now he's been in two finals. I think nerves are less of a factor. It's just who can execute better. So that's why that's, that's a perfect lead into the final. So numbers here, Nadal was exceptional. It really was a tale of two of two matches, though, just to, to clarify for people who didn't watch the match, just look at the numbers. The first two sets were extremely tight. Team lost the first set. I believe it was 6-3 or 6-4. But the numbers, it showed that he was dominating second serve points one. He, won, he was in the 60s, and he still lost the set. Nadal just had a little opening, got through it. And then the second set, of course, team rallied and won it. But then after that, he lost. It was 6-1, 6-1 for the last two sets. So maybe made the numbers a little lopsided, but we'll still, we'll still look through the numbers to see what we see. So the first thing that pops out of me is first serve points won for team, 57%. That's extremely low. And then if you look at the previous match that Nadal had in the quarterfinals against Nishikori, he only had 44% of first points won, first serve points won. And, of course, this core is not known for the best serve, but those numbers are very low for any surface. So, to me, that's showing 
couple things. Either both those guys just had really bad serving days, which I don't necessarily think is the case. I think it was more Nadal's mindset saying, I'm going to go after their first serve. I'm going to go after it even more than normal. That's going to be one of my plans. And it clearly worked because he was he was in those rallies. Team did pretty good on second serve uh, return. Second serve, serve, second serve, excuse me, points one, 50%. Pretty good, especially considering the last two sets were beatdowns. It's that first serve points. He just didn't quite get as many as he as he should have, and I think that really hurt him overall. Again, net points, they're pretty similar, 85 to 80. Nadal had the higher one, of course. Let's look at their winner ratio. Okay, so seven, Nadal for seven, team at minus seven. But again, I think the later two sets, he was just outplayed, frustrated, looked tired. Because again, that, that match with Djokovic, we have to talk about that too. It was played over a couple days. Right. Team, team was exhausted. And I think it was a little bit unfair. And maybe next year with the roof on the right. center court, that won't necessarily happen again. But that's going to be a factor. You're playing against the best player in the world in Djokovic. Then you have to turn around and play the best clay quarter in the world. Right. It's not hard for anybody to beat both, both those guys. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Rafa got on and off the court in three sets. And team, even, yeah, even if it hadn't been played over two days, it was still a grueling five-setter with – Djokovic, of all people, who is consistent as all get out. And so it was a grinding match for sure. That's definitely something to keep in mind. But. Yeah. And then the uh, just the other thing, just looking at the differences overall. So Nadal, really the key was he was winning more break points, which, again, no shock there, 20% better break point conversion. And then he's 15% better on return points. The other big number we already mentioned was first serve points, 16% better. So those those are some of the numbers I had. Some of the other ones are similar or not as noteworthy, but you, you got to get your first serve in and you got to come up with a pattern, a strategy to win those first serve points. Take Nadal out of his game a little bit. Mix in the net maybe or, or do a little bit of attacking tennis, but if you're going to get beat off that first serve, you're probably not going to beat him. So. Team team can have some has some work to do, but yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised that overall the net points were as big of a factor for determining the winner, at least from charting these matches. And I was very surprised in the final and and in the quarterfinal to see Nadal win a lot more of those first serve, first return points off his opponent's serve. So well done by Nadal. Four setter. He had he he did have to turn it around. He did have to put in some effort at the end to win those last two sets, though. He did, yeah, and that—I mean—I was nervous that first set. I think team came out and had got the first break. Yes, he did. If I recall correctly, yeah, and luckily Nadal broke right back, but I was worried. And then you're not for good reason. Relief after he uh, he rallied. Yeah, well, he dropped the second. That wasn't great either, but yeah, then he went to town. Yeah, and it was game over. But Nadal's just so tough. I think that's another thing. It's hard to quantify with the stats. It's just, yeah. He's not going to give up. Yeah. So let's let's look ahead. Let's have a pause here on the clay until next year. We're going to be looking forward to the grass court season. One of my one of my favorites. So, of course, we have the tournament in Halle in Germany, where Federer is the favorite. There, they're giving him a fifty three percent chance to win it. Of course, there's not a lot of the bigger names that you would normally see. This is again ultimatetennisstatistics.com. The next second favorite is. Zverev, which he's having a very rough year, a 9% chance to win it. So pretty much Federer's tournament to to lose here. You have some other guys hatching off that maybe could do well, but Federer wouldn't see him till the final. 
Then on, in London in Queens, you have Chilich, who we know he's done good at Wimbledon in past. In the past, he made the final there a couple years ago against Fed and lost it, giving him about a 20% chance to win Queens. He's the defending champ. He beat Nadal or Djokovic, excuse me, last year. And then Kevin Anderson, who's also done well, he made the Wimbledon final last year. He's the second favorite at 18%. So if you like big serving, if you like some of the net points, a little bit faster pace, this is this is grass. So that's those are the guys that are being favored. And I'm not necessarily surprised at those guys that are being favored. Another guy at London that I think could do well is Stefano Tsitsipas. Again, he had that huge uh, devastating loss to Stan Wawrinka, but he's, he's showing to be a good player on every surface. So we'll see how well he can do, how far he can go. And then there's an interesting first-round match, if you're going to watch it, Stan Wawrinka versus Daniel Evans. Daniel Evans, even though he crashed out early in the French Open, he recently practiced with Roger Federer and talked about being rejuvenated. And he's playing a lot better tennis, so we'll see if he can he can go far in Queens. Of course, he's got a tough uh, first-round match against Stan, but Stan has not always played the best on the grass. So looking forward, what, I, what I'm most interested in, so we will, again, I think we'll be doing more of the charting the matches to see which stats are showing correlation. Again, I suspect the aces, the double fault ratio, which I didn't see a ton of correlation for, for the French Open, having more of an impact since, since the surface is quicker. And I think net points, similarly to the French Open, I think that percentage of net points won will be, will be high for those that win the matches. Though I would expect there to be more attempts, people to come to net even more. So we'll see. We'll see about these numbers. And I also, I think the first serve, you know, we talked about the second serve points one. Overall, clay and hardcore. But I think for grass, especially when you see guys like Chilich and Anderson, Federer, they are very effective at winning their points on their first serve. So we'll see if I'm right to see if, the, if those stats end up um, holding a very significant value. And we'll be charting matches again. We got we got Wimbledon up just around the corner because there's just these clay court or these grass court tune-ups. Hall A, Queens, because Stuttgart already already occurred. So we're looking forward to that. Looking forward to some great some grass court matches. And we'll see how Nadal does, right? Matt, we'll see yeah, how yeah. transition. Yeah, he's taking all the the warm-ups off again like he did last year, just to try to keep him his knees healthy and uh, I guess every other part of his body. <laughs> yeah. But uh so we won't get to see any of his grass court play. But I mean, I think going back to kind of the stats to look at and talking about that first serve in and the aces to double faults. And I look back at some of the the people that I've knocked Rafa out in the last couple of years in Wimbledon. And a lot of them are, uh, who, who, was, who did he lose to? It was... I think it was a five setter Mueller. I want to say. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Go- uh huh. And that, that guy had a big serve, uh, and a couple other guys, I mean, they all have these big serves that kind of take Rafa out of his element. Yeah. And so I think I agree with you that that's going to be a major factor for a lot of these players is figuring out. Yeah. Figuring out serves guys, one of the guys is Dustin Brown, which he, oh, yeah. uh, remember the German, he, he plays such a weird game with the, uh, a lot of volleys, a lot of dink shots, drop shots. Mm-hmm. So, so like no rallies, right? Like, and it was interesting to see him pull off the victory to win three sets against Rafa, even on ground. Uh-huh. That's hard to do. Yep. Yeah, that was a weird match. Yeah. <laughs> it really was. But, but he won it. He did it, and good for him. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Well, that's all we have. We'll uh, feel free to visit us at cognitionsphere.com and 
As always, our theme music is brought to us by Kevin MacLeod with excerpts from his song Cool Rock. And until next time, we'll see you on the court.